6.30 Chad Afternoons with Jalen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad. You know, it's been a long time since I've been able to give away any prize packages on this show. Well, that all changes today and amazing that someone heard prize package and the phone rang uh, but we'll be giving away an awesome prize package in just about 30 minutes time not right now but in about 30 minutes time it is a team canada cheer party box from sentinel storage brush up on your sports trivia all right after years of delays and questions whether or not they would even go ahead the 2020 olympic games will officially open in a couple of days in japan it's a country where vaccination rates are still low tokyo is in a state of an emergency there will be no spectators in the stand international spectators aren't allowed and so the big question is how is that 18 billion dollar price tag going to get covered now added to that covid cases are turning up in the athletes village it has people wondering about the future of the olympic games let's explore it with our next guest who was elected to the international olympic committee in 2000 he was the first president of the international paralympic committee he was a board member of the bid committee to host the 2010 winter olympics and the 2010 winter paralympics in vancouver it would take me all afternoon to tell you all of the things that Dr. Bob Steadward has done, but we're focusing on his <coughs> Olympic and Paralympic experience this afternoon. Dr. Bob, it's great to hear your voice. Well, nice to hear your voice uh, too, Jaylen. It's just unfortunate that I'm not sitting across from you over at Chad there. Yeah. <laughs> Soon enough, fingers crossed that'll happen exactly. uh, in, the, in the future. Are, how, when you look at the at the Tokyo Olympics, I mean, it seemed like it, it was, it had to go ahead just for the pure cost of it but do you believe it should have gone ahead well you know it's it's really interesting Jillian when you begin to compare it to all the other previous uh, uh, Olympic and Paralympic Games back uh, I mean I started going to them in 1972 so I've had a fairly deep history in, in attending uh, both games and certainly uh, there there have been issues in the past uh, perhaps not as uh, unique as uh, this situation, but, you know, once they made the decision that uh, we'll delay them for a year and do what we can to try to, to change the COVID situation uh, in the world as well as in uh, Tokyo and Japan itself, uh, you just won't get to the point of no return. Mm. And, you know, when the athletes work so hard there uh, i mean they work years and years to to get the opportunity to represent their country and to uh, and to get to tokyo and and it would have been an absolute travesty if they would have had to cancel the entire games uh for sure for all of the athletes so uh now it's going to be upon the organizing committee and the ioc and the ipc to make sure that they have the proper conditions in place and i know uh, i have now all my marching orders so to speak uh, i mean i've got a document about a hundred page document that tells me what i can do what i can't do what i should do uh, all my preparation uh, all the testing i have to go the isolation i have to do uh, and the like so it's it's very very rigid so dr bob over the past number of years uh, the games have 
you know, struggled to attract bid bidders. We know next year's Winter Games in Beijing faced only Kazakhstan as a challenger after Stockholm, uh, Oslo, Krakow, Poland, Poland all dropped out. Uh, we know yeah. uh, there were initially five bids for the 2024 Games, but most of those cities dropped out. Brisbane, uh -huh. Australia expected to be awarded the 2032 Games because it's the only city running, um, leaving the IOC really with not much choice. Yeah. Are we yeah. going? Do, do you see? Uh, do you, is there the possibility that the end is near for for the games in the way that we see them now? Well, I certainly, uh, you know, and the public have every right to to question and ask these kinds of sit questions with regards to the future of the games. But you know, it seems to be a little bit different now. Uh, the IOC fully realizes the cost of these games, so they certainly put in more and more and more money into the games, um, not only their own money that that they have stockpiled over the years, but also bringing forward the level of sponsorship that can offset many of the costs associated with the games. But, you know, you also have to, in the past, there was always five or six or seven nations that were in a head-to-head -head competition to see who would earn the uh, right to host uh, uh, the games, but that's not happening as much uh, anymore. They still get a lot of interest from cities around the world, but the IOC now looks at it differently. They say, who's applying? Let's talk to them. Let's see what they can do and what they can't do. Let's evaluate the situation and then make a decision uh, without them having to go to a head-to-head -head competition and spend Mm -hmm. 40, 50, or 60 or millions of dollars just for the bid process alone. It, are, are we getting to the point, do you think, that maybe the IOC needs to look at having uh, permanent host cities? Let's just, you know, pick two cities, let's have the winter games at one, the summer games at the other to allow the infrastructure to to, 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 to help build something in those cities. Yeah. Would that be something? Um, because it's been floated. Yeah, oh, uh, and it's being discussed uh, uh, constantly. Uh, and, and, of course, if you take the old piece of paper and, you know, put the advantages and disadvantages of both situations, I mean, there, the city, the, if there were a couple of cities that won the rights to host a, a permanent seat for the Olympics and the Paralympics both summer and winter, uh, I don't know if they could afford to do it continuously. Mm -hmm. Uh, and also they get concerned that they, there should be a fair opportunity for other cities uh, and countries around the world to host it. But, but Jaylin, they may have to look at an alternative because right now, uh, a number of years ago, uh, the games had to be held in one city. At least now it's a situation that two or three cities are involved. Yeah. And like, you know, if you look at uh, Japan, the uh, the soccer, football is in different cities. The marathon and walk, of course, are up in Sapporo. So they're now beginning to involve others. And the international federations of the different sports are beginning to change a bit as well. So they have different needs and wants and wishes and demands that they expect from the Olympics. So that may also change how they're going to approach the site of future games as, as well.
Dr. Bob Stedward joining me this afternoon. Uh, Dr. Bob, I, I need to take a quick pause here to, uh, to, to get to commercial breaks, but I have a few more questions for you. Can you stick around a little bit longer? For you, of course. Yeah, thank you kindly. Dr. Bob Stedward joining me this afternoon. We're talking about the future of the Olympic Games. We know that the Games are, are set to kick off uh, later this week, but there's been a, a number of questions. Uh, you know, if, if cities really want them anymore and there's concern about what has happened with Tokyo over the past uh, couple of years if that might even turn more off in the future now as I mentioned the, the number of host cities uh, or the number of cities bidding to be host cities has dropped dramatically over the past number of years in fact uh, Brisbane Australia expected to be awarded the 2032 games later this month because it is the only city in the running. Dr. Bombstead, we're joining me this afternoon. He has been an Olympic committee committee member for years, has been in, uh, active with uh, the, the Olympics, the Paralympics for decades now. And we're, we're just kind of exploring what the future might hold for the games. There's some questions that, you know, you know, that maybe it's, you know, coming to an end, possibly that the, there's a lot of cities out there that aren't interested in, in hosting the games. Dr. Stedward, are, are there better ways, do you believe, to showcase these athletes? Is, is there a better, more efficient way to showcase these athletes? Wow. You know, that's a really, really interesting question, Jalen. You know, when you begin to think of it, we see sport changing. Uh, I mean, there are new sports that are coming to the forefront that are that are more modern kinds of sport that kids like, for, you know, from uh, oh, the, the way in which uh, in alpine skiing, it mm -hmm. used to be on two skis, go down. Now it's a, it's a different sport altogether. There's head-to-head, -head, there's teams. So it's really changing uh, the face of sport. And I think the Olympic and Paralympics have to open up their eyes and see that there are different sports and different ways of offering it. And maybe the sports that we offer through the games aren't necessarily the best sports or the sports that should continue. I know they're evaluated every year to determine whether they should be continued and giving other sports an opportunity to be added. But what tends to happen is <clears throat> everyone tunes into the to the Olympics and Paralympics every two years, winter and summer. However, you don't see the same level of spectator and fan interest throughout the year. Yeah. So a lot of them go unnoticed. So do we need to have a, uh, a major event like this every two years to give the um, the athletes their opportunity to perform in front of the, uh, the global cr crowd? Or is it even necessary? because there seems to be a lot more focus on everyday health and fitness and activities like this, and not so much on the competitive element of sport. But we live in a competitive world. <laughs> Dr. Bombstead, we're joining me this afternoon. We're pretty much out of time. Um, it's, it's, it's obvious though, Dr. Bob, that the IOC has a lot to think about and um, you know, like any organization it has to change adapt uh, decide w w whether to continue or to cut losses and it looks like the I IOC has got some some heavy thinking and some big decisions to make in the years to come they do they do Jalen and I think that uh, you know that both organizations have to ensure that they have 
a lot of athletes associated with their organization and that they have younger people associated with the organization to let them know how the uh, how the how people feel nowadays compared to 10 20 or 50 years ago things the world is changing and we've got to adapt and we've got to change and now we have an opportunity it'll be really interesting to see if they do and what do they do dr bob stedward always a pleasure talking with you thanks for joining me this afternoon thanks Jalen. very much it's always nice to chat with you too and i hope you and coach are doing well thank you take care bye-bye now